Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm here with Dave Barker, and uh, we're thinking about leadership in the church today, um, which you might argue might be in a crisis, the things that we read in the headlines. Uh, But we know that the church has to be interested in its leadership development. They don't come out of thin air. Um, There are some exceptional leadership um, developments out there. God does things sovereignly. But in general, the church needs to be interested in this leadership development. And I'm looking at a couple of verses here, Dave, that help get us started. And this is Paul's letter to Timothy, uh, who was someone into whom Paul was pouring leadership. So there's some good things here. Um, He talks about the pattern of sound words that I have taught. And then he mentions that by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, guard the good deposit, whatever that is, entrusted to you, implication that not everyone gets that and trusting. Not everyone is competent or qualified. And so then he says it again in chapter 2, then you, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, whatever that means, and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And there's nothing magical about the Greek word there. It simply means to hand off or Mm -hmm. give over. So... How do we do that? How important is it that we do that? Um, what are some models that uh, we might be familiar with? And uh, what, what kind of shape are we in today when it comes to um, looking for faithful, competent people who can articulate the gospel? And, and how do we do that? What, what are your thoughts, Dave? Well, first of all, I think it's an important reality. I mean, we need to be working at this as church leaders and as churches. Um, I think we bring a distinctive kind of leadership into play. Uh, We like to call it servant leadership. Um, And it's a bit more from the bottom up rather than the top down. And a lot of the models that we're seeing out there, even in the church, but certainly in the world, is our power models of leadership that seem to be uh, antithetical to to what Jesus taught us about serving and and, the Mark 10 thing. Um, you know, that's the way the Gentiles think. Not so with you. Mm-hmm, gotta mm-hmm. Be, if you want to be first, you've got to be last, that kind of thing. Um, so there's that basic philosophy that we're trying to work on a servant. And so, and I think that happens in the life of the church because that's kind of where that idea uh, percolates so, and needs so to So sometimes dominate. when we think about leadership development, we've got to undo that model and kind of re-educate uh, potential leaders in this uh, otherworldly approach to leadership. Yeah, and and sometimes we have to even think through it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we even have to undo ourselves. Um, I remember I was when I was pastoring, um, every now and then um, we would get into a meeting or something like that, and uh, there was something happening, and I would make a decision. And <laughs> my associate would come to me afterwards and say, well... Dave, you pulled the power model today, <laughs> and you made the power move. And, and you mm-hmm. know, was it necessary? Should I have been a little bit more, you know, uh, democratic in the, in that context? Probably yes. Maybe there are times when you just have to kind of say this is the way we're going. But I think the ethos of what we do needs to be collaborative, servant-driven, and that kind of thing. And so to answer your question it's important for the church and it's important that the church do it because it brings that world of Christ 
into the whole domain of what it is to be a leader? So we all know that we're making disciples somehow, right? Sunday school, adult education. I mean, we're all doing something for that. But is that the same as leadership development? Um, should, should we, in our discipleship modeling, uh, think specifically about within the discipleship community, there are those who need to be identified and put on a different track maybe uh, with a view to being entrusted uh, to articulate the gospel maybe even in the pastorate or uh, from elders' positions? Yeah, um, I think so, yes. Um, I think there are those who have been gifted. It is one of the spiritual gifts that is identified in the New Testament. And so um, for us to see that in a, a man or a woman, because leadership, we need leadership among women as well mm-hmm, as men. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to pick that up, to identify that, um, is I think is important as for other leaders, um, and uh, it, it's, it's just it, it's there. There are times when we're involved in discipleship, and we know that person necessarily isn't going to rise to any level of significant leadership. That's still in a great investment of our energy and time, but I do think that there might be what you might call a different track that you would set some people on who you see as aspiring to uh, possible leadership in the church. Well, sometimes what that meant was go to Heritage. Mm -hmm. I'm done with you, right? That's what they do. Yeah. Can we do that? Do we have that luxury or should the church be a little more involved in that aspect of discipleship and leadership development? Well, it's a both end. I I don't think it's an either or. Um, I think that uh, we need to be developing, you and I as pastors in our churches, when I was pastoring, you're pastoring, um, in our mentoring, in our discipleship process, there will be some that we will kind of push in a different direction than perhaps others. And we all, it might be your staff that you're working with as as the senior leader in, in your church, but yes, we need to be involved in that. Now, but I also argue and would argue that as we're developing leaders, they need different voices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into that whole idea. Because you and I, we have our distinctive mm-hmm. way of doing things, thinking about things, the books that we've read, the teachers that we've had, our own personalities, and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, uh, it, may, you know, multiple voices within the church if possible, but then you got the multiple voices, workshops, seminars, conferences on leadership, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, coming to Heritage and taking Dr. Reed's course on in pastoral theology too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is developing leaders and is specifically on leadership development is a, a valid place to go. But it's not the only place and it's not a dump off. It doesn't remove the responsibility from the rest of the church and the leaders in particular to be developing leaders uh, themselves. Last night here at Grandview, we had a we're attempting to get our head wrapped around this. So uh, Jim Barnett and I, Jim's been in, a, in education with the university for a number of years, and he's passionate about leadership development. And so we've colluded together to create a, a leadership program in the church. And we invited uh, 36, 38 people to come and uh, hear our pitch, right? Hmm. And our hope is that this will be a two-year track, um, nine weeks in the fall, nine weeks in the winter, nine weeks in the fall, nine weeks in the winter, uh, where we, t- we just talk about leadership in the church, 
uh, we're using um, Sanders Spiritual Leadership uh, as, as part of our little curriculum. But we just want to do something with, with people who love the Lord, who have that potential. Some of them will take a course at Heritage. Uh, some of them just can't seem to manage that. And so we're hoping that um, this will address the problem because sometimes we'll go to people looking for uh, people to fill positions, to bear burdens, right? And there was a time when people wanted to do that. It was an honor to, to, to be in a leadership position, but we have found that people run away from leadership quite Oof. often. They don't want to be an elder. They don't want that. They'll help anywhere, but they don't want that burden of leadership. And that is troubling because Paul said, Timothy, that desire is a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yes. And, not, and, and sometimes the people that do desire it want it for the wrong reason. Or are not necessarily qualified or competent uh, yeah. and that kind of thing too, right? I've, I've run into that as well. And, you know, that's a, that's a tricky one to stick handle. But, and if people do aspire to leadership and may, maybe for the wrong reasons or maybe not all that well qualified, it then becomes a, an issue of, of steering that person in a direction that they can feel that they're contributing to the community, uh, but, you know, not in a place where uh, they can do damage. But at the same time, most people who aspire to this kind of th- stuff are really well motivated mm-hmm. and they want to serve Christ. And we al- I think we always got to think the best mm-hmm. of people as, as much as we can. I- I'm really interested in your comment that... That you th- Uh-oh, am I going to regret this? No, I, I, I'm, I'm just interested in that comment that you're seeing people run away um, from leadership. That's interesting. I, I'm not quite sure what to think about that. I, again, I've been out of the pastorate for a little while now, so I was in charge of leadership development when I was in my short stint at... I was at Benton for five years, but full-time for only a few months. But my, part of my role was uh, leadership development. And, uh, yeah, um, I'm not sure I saw that. I, I, I think that, no, there were some people who couldn't attend, like I had workshops on a Saturday morning or something like that. And yeah, that's people. for leadership development. What I'm talking about is existing positions. Yeah. We wanna, we, they need to be filled. People are saying, I can't do it. So that's why we're doing leadership development, and there's huge interest in development. Ah. But the reason we're doing that is because they're running away from positions for which they don't feel competent or they don't want to bear the, they don't have faith maybe to believe that they can be fruitful in that position. So that's what I'm. Okay. And, and, and maybe that's on us a little bit because have we so stereotyped what those leadership positions are um, and maybe loaded them with stuff that it does scare people away, time commitments, a criticism because, you know, mm-hmm. it's lonely at the top as mm-hmm. we know. Um, the fact that they're going to have to face some of that. Um, has there been a history in the church of leaders getting burned or overworked and some of that's going on? I don't or, know. I think some of it has to do with people who are upwardly mobile and they would just as soon pay someone to do that. And I get that. We, we have a probably a larger staff than most because of that reason. It uh, doesn't mean they don't love the Lord. It just means I'll give money yeah, 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 and yeah. That's that's the way that goes. But yeah. we still want to help these upwardly mobile people to experience the joy mm-hmm. of investing that energy that they have in their workplace 
in the Lord's work. And it's for their own good, really, that we're trying to excite them about leadership possibility. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I think part of, the, part of the deal is to make leadership fun mm-hmm. and safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know when I pastored, I, I said to the, the chair of the board, um, I, I mean, the deacons meeting that we meet, it was back in the days we only had deacons, um, there's got to be the safest meeting of the, uh, of the month for me. And it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about hard things. We talked about the realities that we were facing. But it was a safe place. So there was that going on. And then we had fun. We went on retreats. We, we played games and this kind of stuff. We got spouses involved because there were both. We had, you know, women leaders in the church and men leaders mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. And so we went on retreats, got, got spouses involved. Man, some of those little retreats that we had were so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't think that's frivolous. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's light. I think that's part of what we're looking for. And if we can create that atmosphere, yeah. Yeah. and if you can step into leadership as mm-hmm. a children's director or a women's ministry director mm-hmm. or a deacon or an elder, you're going to be part of something that is yeah. kind of a community within a community. That is really nurturing. And that spills over, right? Oh, people yes. look at leadership and see how they like each other. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. They, they, have, they tease each other in a, in a playful way. It just kind of sets a great tone for the church. We would come back from those retreats, and of course, we were full of ideas. Some of them were pretty serious retreats in terms of dealing with stuff. But inevitably, there was some really funny stuff that happened, and, and, and the stories got told. Mm hmm. Right, it spilled over into the youth service the next week or the next few weeks, and the stories got told. And yeah. you know, the the congregation would laugh with us and kind of wonder what on earth are those yeah, guys. Do you think doing? Jesus had those times with his disciples? I don't know. He went to weddings. Did he dance? <laughs> well, uh, leadership matters, and uh, we need to be intentional about looking for. Uh, people who have the the fingerprint of God on their lives for leadership and to identify them and encourage them in that direction because they're not going to get a lot of that elsewhere. So I think we do need to be intentional. And then there's the whole idea of entrusting. We don't have time uh, to deal with that now, but but is that ordination? And and, and how competent do you need to be? And and what does that mean for someone who has been designated as an entrusted um, handler of God's word? Are they ordained people? What does that mean? So that'll be another discussion. We are out of time. Yeah, I'd like uh, to talk about that one. I really would. So until next time, I'm Bob McGregor, and I'm here with... David Barker. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for thinking with us.